Hello and welcome to the No Room for Doubt podcast. My name's Kyra Matthews. I'm a manifestation obsessive and I help creatives and independent business owners overcome self-doubt and anxiety so they can build thriving businesses online. So let's get into it. Hello and welcome to the show. I'm so glad that you're here. I've got a super special episode for you. So the 15th of March 2021 marked one year in my business as a coach. One year out there in the arena serving creatives. I think one year ago I was working with stylists, photographers and designers specifically. But it's been one year of doing this work, of making this magic of helping creatives achieve their goals and grow their businesses. And I don't know if I'll feel like this every year, but this year, I feel like it's worth celebrating. This time last year, when I had just started, it felt so huge, the idea of achieving some of the things that I have done in the last 12 months. In fact, there's things that I did that there's no way I would have thought possible when I was standing at the starting line. And just as a way to little reminisce, I wanted to bring on my coach who helped me at the time exactly a year ago in March. And her name is Katie Prince. The reason why I wanted to bring her on is because I often feel that a lot of the time you don't believe me when I say that I used to be exactly where you are. Anxiety ridden, overwhelmed. I can't do this. I can't do the Instagrams. I hate everything. I'm not cut out for this. But it was leaning into a community and leaning into the really the power of having a coach that supported me through that moment. And the reason why I wanted to have this conversation with Katie, because I wanted it to serve as a reminder to you that so much can happen in 12 months and any discomfort or any challenges you may be currently facing or anything that you can see on your horizon I want you to know that they are just temporary that they are it's like the weather it may be rainy today and super sunny the next day so you guys know I love a little babble (laughs) I love a little chat but I'm actually gonna get out of the way and let my guest introduce herself so welcome center stage the wonderful Katie Prince Hi, Katie. Welcome to the show. Thank you for coming. Thank you so much for having me, Kyra. I've been looking forward to this all week. <laughs> I, When I had the idea to do this episode, I had such good feelings. Like I felt like a kid on a bunch of Smarties. I was like, oh my God, this is going to be amazing. Like We have to do this. Like This is just, just such good feelings. So I'm so happy to get the chance to sit down and talk to you and to basically introduce you to everyone listening because they need to know who you are. So can we start there? Can you tell us who you are, what do you do and why should people know about you? (laughs) Absolutely. Let's do that. So hi, thanks for having me on. My name is Katie Prince. I use pronouns she and her. And I am what I like to call a squirm-free sales coach. So what that means is that I help freelancers, I help service providers, people with digital products, courses, coaches, consultants, 
master the art of ethical selling. So squirm free selling so that they can enroll more clients without that icky feeling uh, in their tummy. I am also the founder and CEO at the Squirm Free School of Business, which is my company. We provide courses and programs for entrepreneurs. We do a six month sales accelerator for people who want to start making more of those non-icky sales inside their own business. And we also offer a year-long coach development program for sales, business, marketing coaches who want to implement our Squirm Free sales methodology with their own clients. I'm also in Brighton. I'm on the south coast of the UK at the moment. I live with my partner. And outside of kind of all of the work hats and the Squirm Free identities, I'm also a massive Craig David fan. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah. Uh, I am a dedicated pizza enthusiast and also more recently and during lockdown I've got into doing like at home floristry. (laughs) I love that. How's it going? Yeah it's great it's going pretty well. I don't have anything that I can show you right now because obviously (laughs) we can see each other but yeah I every like couple of weeks I get a bunch of stems and it's just like really peaceful you know you sort of trim them and you arrange them and then you change the water it's like having a sort of a little pet that doesn't shed fur everywhere to care for (laughs) I love that in terms of like lockdown hobbies that I've recently like picked up I recently started like doing puzzles or I did one puzzle and I was like oh my god I'm such a puzzle person like who knew (laughs) (laughs) love a good puzzle so when you were introducing yourself, like the first thing that stuck out in my mind when I met you as well. So just for context for everyone listening, it is March. And on the 30th of March, it would be officially like a year since I started my coaching business. And I met Katie. Mate, oh my gosh, had we started? I joined one of Katie's programs basically right at the beginning of my journey. And when you spoke about that icky salesiness that people have when they're like showing up and like putting themselves out on Instagram, as you were speaking, I had that flash of like me exactly a year ago. I had all the ick, all the feelings, all the like, this is really gross. And could you maybe share just from your perspective and with the people that you coach, where does that ickiness come from around selling like why do we feel so challenged to show up on Instagram to make an offer to people mm. oh my <laughs> gosh there's how long have we got <laughs> no and it's this is the thing like I'm pointing out this icky squirmy selling and what I want your listeners to know more than anything is that it's not your fault that you feel this way right now Hey, think about it. We have all had interactions with salespeople that we would rather forget, right? And whether that is because someone ignored you when they should have been paying attention to you and supporting you and taking you seriously and answering your questions. You know, I kind of think of the example, you know, in the film Pretty Woman, where, yeah, yeah, where those snooty ladies think that, oh, well, we won't bother serving her. And I think I've certainly found myself in that position, people underestimating me based on face value alone. And then, of course, it goes the other way, right, where we think of that high pressure, like we we think of Matilda Wormwood's dad, don't we? You know, Harry Wormwood, the used car salesman, putting yeah. putting sawdust in the engine to keep it quiet and spinning you yarns and trying to squeeze you for all you've got. And I think we we all have like very real experiences of negative sales practices. And 
my belief is that that is because this industry, this world of sales has been dominated by men for like up until basically now. And yeah, it's just kind of when, when I was first stepping into the entrepreneurial world, I didn't really feel like I fit in with the kind of boss babes, the you go girls kind of thing. And I definitely didn't fit in with all the hyper-masculine kind of bro culture, like, yeah, just hustle. It's a numbers game. You know, don't take no for an answer. That didn't resonate with me either. And it just never felt right to apply that kind of pressure. At the end of the day, the people who we're selling to, they're adults, (laughs) <laughs> they're adults, they're intelligent, they have they are multifaceted and they can make a decision that serves them. You know, as a salesperson, I see my role as kind of simply being to provide the information so that they can make an informed choice. And that shift really helped me kind of get away from feeling icky because up until then, I had felt like I'm either not going to be doing enough or I'm going to be pushing too much. Yeah, I 100% agree. And I feel like you're touching on something there that was like so real for me. <laughs> Is that it was like this, like when I started selling and like putting myself out there with my services, it was like this, like I made it all about me. But I guess what you're saying is this actual sales process isn't about you and like who you are that much. It's more about the information and the thing that you're selling, which makes it, I guess it's such a huge shift. You're like, oh, it's not about like me trying to prove my worthiness to someone in order to get the sale. It's just about information communication. Do you want to share your thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely. And you're you're absolutely right. We do have this tendency to take it personally. And in the world of sales, so often that comes up around the fear of rejection, doesn't it? (laughs) No one wants to hear a no. It's like, oh my gosh, if I hear a no, what is that going to mean about me? What is that person going to think about me? What if they think, how dare she put that as her price? How dare she ask me if I'm interested? Like, who does she think she is? Like, all of these fears come up around rejection, around being judged. And you're absolutely right, Kyra. It is nothing to do with you. And it is everything to do with you showing up to a sales conversation, a sales interaction, whether that's something as simple as putting up a sales post on one of your social media platforms, or whether that's jumping in and having a full-blown like 40-minute free consultation with someone and discussing what their needs are. The, The focus should be the same. It's to meet people where they're at. So acknowledge where they are at right now the more specifically, the better, and then to equip them with the information that they need so that they can make an informed decision for themselves. Because, you know, sure, like we can often relate to our ideal clients on many levels. It's not unusual for us, for like our ideal client to kind of be almost like a past version of ourselves in some ways, right? And being able to relate to people in that way is great. However, like there is, you you only get a tiny glimpse of someone's life and the full context of everything that is going on for them in a sales interaction. And they're concerned about homeschooling their kids right now. They've got a mental list of a hundred things going on in the back of their mind. So when you can show up to 
any kind of sales interaction and prioritize being clear, giving them really great information and from time to time, a bit of encouragement and letting them know that, hey, it's going to be safe for you to make this decision and I'm going to be there to support you. Totally. I 100% agree. And just thinking back to your squirm free program, which is the program that I took when I met Katie, one of the things I really loved about that program and what I took from it was that it is a process. Like it isn't like you suddenly just like, oh yeah, like I'm going to be super clear. I'm not going to be squirmy. It's fine. Like tomorrow I'm going to go sell out loads of stuff and it's easy. Like the reason why the program was 90 days was because it's almost like this shift. Like it takes a while to change out of those clothes of, oh, I have to be weird. And like, you know, I can't be myself and to put something else on and to step into that new way you're thinking about marketing and selling. And so I guess I just want to speak to somebody who's listening. They are, it's the middle of the month. The sales are okay. They're wanting to make more money. How do we reconcile that desire for more, but also that what I see come up in a lot of people is that desire to be seen as nice or affordable and kind and like, are they the same things? Are, like, Do you want to just say like, what you think is going on there? Like, I think I have my own thoughts. I would love to hear yours. Mm, that feeling of I want to be liked. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what? Like, I think, first of all, it's so important to acknowledge that, you know, as, as you say, it's like, how do we reconcile those things? Because it does feel like how can they coexist, right? Because we have this picture of a salesperson being a certain way, and maybe it's not nice, maybe it's not liked. And so we kind of think like, oh, well, how can I, how can I sell my services and still be liked? And I think, oh, that is a toughie. You ask really good questions. Um, <laughs> I, but, but for real, I think that you're okay this might come out a little bit spicy but we'll see your your need to be liked is not the most important thing okay when we are prioritizing truly I'm willing to bet that every single person listening to this podcast right now got into their business because they wanted to make some kind of positive contribution. They wanted to help people in some way, whether that's through providing a service or whether that's through creating or selling a product that has helped them and is going to help other people. And it is when you're prioritizing your need to be liked over that goal of actually helping people and serving people, it's kind of selfish. Yeah. It's kind of selfish. And so, you know, if it is the middle of the month for you right now, a kind of some some tangibles that I can give you to actually put into action is it is to stop assuming who needs what and instead invite people in your audience, in your network, on your email list if you have one, instead of you assuming, oh, here's who I want to sell to and kind of feeling like you're pursuing someone or chasing someone because yeah that is going to feel icky instead I want you to focus on creating an environment where people can easily self-select they can raise their hand they can show their interest in an easy way so for example this the middle of the month right now you're looking at your numbers and you're like okay 
I really would like to sign another two clients this month, or I would like to sell two more courses this month. Okay, great. Let's start there. Know how many sales you want to get, because otherwise your brain has a really nasty habit of being like, oh my gosh, we're so far off. And it kind of builds up like, chances are it's probably only a handful of sales that you actually need to get to where you want to go, right? So that'd be the first thing. Figure out how many how many people do I actually need? Is it hundreds and thousands? And is it impossible? Or is it a handful? The second thing I'm going to do is I'm going to send out some what I call hand raising content into my audience. So either on social media, either to my email list, it might even be sending a group text round, right? It doesn't need to be quote unquote official or shiny, but simply asking a question such as, hey, I'm looking to connect with two product-based business owners who want to launch their next product within the next 30 days, who do you know, right? Not always jumping and being like, you know, do, do you want to have a chat about it? Because I can feel a little intense. It kind of puts you in that position where I'm like, oh, I'm pursuing someone and I'm also putting myself in the firing line of rejection. And what if someone doesn't like me? And what if they think, why on earth did they think I was interested in that? But yeah. instead, by asking that who do you know question and giving people a graceful out if they choose to take it, but also opening up a space where it's really easy for them to raise their hand and be like, well, hey, Kyra, I know we chatted about this like three months ago. And yeah, I'm ready now. Can I raise my hand? I love that so much. And it's like, I guess what you're talking about is like a dialogue, like this back and forth. It's not like you screaming at people. It's like this conversation. (laughs) Like crazy, right? (laughs) That's such like out of this world idea I think you know we've just discovered something here on this podcast (laughs) what customers and clients they're actually people who knew (laughs) like who literally who knew so there is one more thing I was going to add if that's okay of course was just like if you're feeling you know if you're feeling squirmy about reaching out to people or following up with someone or sending out this kind of message or email or group text or posting it on your Instagram story whatever something else that I just want you to keep in mind is that a lot of the reasons why we sometimes feel icky about sharing an offer or what have you in the first place is there's a lack of transparency in terms of consent and A lot of icky sales feelings stem from not getting proper permission first to share an offer in more detail. And, you know, as we know, as women living in the year 2021 at the moment, consent is absolutely non-negotiable. And in order for us to like dismantle (laughs) all of that like toxic culture, we get to lead with consent in all of our interactions. And this totally goes for sales too. So what I like to make sure I'm doing is checking in at key milestones throughout your sales process and refreshing that permission to continue. So if right now your current strategy is to kind of look for a gap in a conversation and then be like, okay, like, oh, by the way, whilst we're here, I wanted to ask you something. Do you want to work together? It's it's the opposite of consent-led selling. And it's kind of where we can get into being pushy because it's that like, surprise, ready or not, here comes my pitch. And if people aren't expecting that, it's really not cool. And it's not going to leave you feeling great either. So instead, as well as inviting people to self-select, 
you're also going to continue to ask permission throughout that conversation that ensues, right? So if you're jumping on a discovery call with someone, it might sound something like, oh, and before we get stuck in at the end of the call, I just want to let you know, we'll have a conversation about what working together looks like if it feels like a good fit. Is that okay with you? They're going to say, yes, great. You can have the rest of that discovery conversation sort of with that weight off of like, yeah, okay, we're on the same page. Even if you're kind of chatting in your DMs about your services, or maybe you're about to recommend a product with someone, you might say, hey, would I think I have something that would be a really great fit for you. Would you mind if I shared a link to it? Yeah. So rather than just sending a link their way, that step of asking, is it okay if I share this link with you? Would you be happy for me to share a link to my calendar with you? Yeah. yeah. Or if you're in like an online, I've been going to like more online networking events and like joining online co-working spaces. It's been so fun. But you know, when you kind of get put into the little breakout rooms at these kinds of events, I always like to just, before I start talking about myself and being like, oh, this is what I do. Just ask like, hey, I'm Katie. Would it be okay if I shared a little bit about my business with you? And then getting a yes, it just helps people feel safer listening to you. And it helps you feel way better knowing that everyone's on board. We're on the same page. I love that so much. And as you were talking, a word that really stood out to me was the word lead. And I guess in our businesses, we have to make this decision of like, how do I want to lead this? Like, when we are on Instagram, what we're, we're creating an audience, but we're also creating a community and you become that leader. You know, it, you could see yourself as a singular person or being a leader in a movement. A lot of people that I follow are really into sustainability, recycling and all those kind of things. And it's that moment where you get to decide, like I get to decide how to lead this. And I can lead with consent first. And like, that feels good to me. And I'm going to let go and like, let everything else that I don't love fall away. I choose to do it differently. Because it's so interesting, when we start businesses, we're often doing it because we're choosing to do it differently. But when it comes to sales and marketing, we're like, uh, this rule book is really heavy. I love that. Yeah. And it is, it is about leadership. You know, if someone is purchasing something from you, whether it is a $19 product off your Etsy store, or whether it is a $10,000 consulting package that you're going to deliver over the course of a year, they are turning to you for some kind of answer, some kind of support, some kind of help, some kind of guidance, some kind of comfort, some kind of distraction, whatever it is that they've turned to you and are seeking. And yeah, you're right. It doesn't matter the size of the package or the product that you're selling. It doesn't matter the price tag. It is a moment to step into leadership. I love that perspective. Yeah, I think I've been listening to a lot of Simon Sinek, Bernie Brown. <laughs> like, I love the way they talk about leading people and how, you know, it's this, ch- like, I love how Simon Sinek talks about leadership as this thing that is really uncomfortable. There's lots of danger, lots of risk being a leader. And you have to actually ask, is this something that I want to do? Like, it's not a position for everyone. Like, some sometimes you'll ask yourself and the answer will be no. That's totally okay. But if for you, you're listening and the answer is like, yes, like, I actually do want to lead this. I think I want to change the fashion industry. I want to change the coaching industry. And I want to be the person who's fronting that change. It's almost like this permission thing this permission with yourself to step into that 
which is where the mindset stuff comes in, but also this permission to, I'm going to allow other people to join this mission that I'm on. Like I can't do it alone. And I give you following me the permission to do this with me. So let's let, do you want to do this? Ooh, I literally have chills. Yes, I do. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I do. I'm all in. (laughs) So what I would love to know, like a bit about your personal experience when you started, because you didn't start as a coach for sales and ethical selling, you started doing copywriting. What was your experience with, I guess, what we're talking about being salesy and feeling weird? Did you have personal challenges with that? Yeah. So my, yeah. So my background kind of pre anything freelance businessy kind of back in the day job I always had like sales and marketing roles I worked in events I worked in like for a retail company I worked for a chain of like hospitality outlets and in like May of wait hang on a sec let me get my years right oh it doesn't matter but anyway (laughs) one spring a few years ago I met my now husband on tinder and after a couple of months I was like I really like this person and so I took him to one side and I was like come on then let's have it what's wrong with you (laughs) (laughs) and and it turned out that like he so he was doing a PhD at the time and he was like well when I'm looking for my postdoc sort of from like October, November onwards, um, I'm going to be looking for a position abroad. Ah, there it is. Yeah. And so he ended up taking a role in Canada, which is obviously really close to (laughs) to the UK, Um, only an eight hour flight. And so I made the decision to quit my job and kind of go over there with him and, and give it a shot. And so as I was transitioning out of my previous sales and marketing job, I kind of started picking up a bit of freelance copywriting on the side, just writing like other people's content, blogs, that kind of thing. And I was charging absolute peanuts for it, like <laughs> like 20 quid an hour. And sounds about I, right. Yeah, exactly. We all start there, right? Yeah, to be honest, like I've been really underpaid in my previous job and my confidence was in the gutter. And that's kind of what I thought, you know, that felt like a stretch at that. And I think what was really interesting is what happened in Toronto was I was put into this position where I didn't know anyone in this massive new city other than this, you know, this lovely chap who I met on Tinder a few months ago. And so, yeah, I kind of started getting getting out there, putting myself out there. I started going to events because we could leave the house then. And it, it didn't take very long before I landed something a little bit more significant. I got that first project under my belt. And I know how like, oh, when you're first starting out, there's something just so important about landing that first big client. It's like, okay, right, we're off. We have traction now. And it took you know, it took almost six months of me scrabbling around doing one blog here, getting 80 quid there, 100 quid there before I landed that client. And that was for a Kickstarter campaign over three months. And so if right now, whatever it is that you're doing, whatever it is that you're launching, you're kind of in that period of scrabbling around doing an hour here, an hour there. Don't give up. Don't like, don't worry. You're not doing anything wrong. It's coming. (laughs) 
it's it's coming and yeah from there things really took off I did a great job (laughs) and then the referrals started coming in right and I started getting referrals come through and yeah like I was getting referred for other copywriting work I joined a co-working space even though I could not afford it at all I found a way to be there I ended up doing like an energy exchange with them so I would cover their front desk for eight hours a week so like one day a week and in return I had access to the co-working space and was able to be where my customers were, where the people who I wanted to work with, I was able to physically be there. And proximity is important, right? Being There are easy ways to be top of mind and there are harder ways to stay top of mind. And just, just being around is a really great way to stay top of mind. Right now, we're having to do it in the form of maybe virtual co-working spaces, maybe hanging out in Facebook communities, maybe showing up consistently online, emailing your list consistently, publishing your podcast consistently, and just kind of being top of mind. And I did... Sorry, I know this turning into a long story, but <laughs> I, I did this done for you copywriting for about a year and a half. It was all word of mouth and I, I loved it. But then what happened next was really interesting. So I was still pretty naive at this point and I was so enthusiastic. I wanted to help people. I wanted to help them make sales. That's why they were buying their copywriting from me. And so then this kind of new challenge showed up and that was a challenge of boundaries. Mm. Let's let's get into it because this is such an important topic. Because what happened was I had these clients who were thrilled with the copy I had written for them, whether it was a social media campaign, whether it's for their website, whether it was like an email campaign. And then they would just like ask me follow-up questions and they'd be like, oh, okay, so you've done us this social media campaign. What should we, you know, what else should we be doing to drive sales? Or, you know, how can I take this and repurpose it for a sales page? Or, oh, can you just talk me through what you've done here? Because I can see that it's working and I'd love you to tell me more. And I was so keen and so naive. I was like, yeah, sure. Let me just give you you all this free advice. Let me just give you all of this free sales strategy. Let me just uh, teach you all of my copywriting skills. And then I was like, why aren't they hiring me again? Really weird. Is it because I've given them all the answers? (laughs) I think it might be. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love that. And so you started to set boundaries around that. Do you want to just say a bit about that? So this is kind of where the pivot began in terms of going from done for you services into what I do now. So the first boundary I set was I... I stopped giving my time away for free. And the very first time I did this, I remember feeling like physically sick, wishing I had like a third layer of deodorant on. And I sent someone a link and I asked them for $49 for an hour of my time because they wanted like a follow-up to talk about the copy. And that was not enough, (laughs) but it was a start. Okay, It was a start. And so if right now, you know, whether you have a successful, you've had some success on your Etsy store or on your Shopify store or whether you are, you know, doing freelance design or illustration or what have you, and you're noticing that other people have noticed that you're doing a good job and they're wanting to kind of creep into your DMs and just ask you a few questions. The easiest boundary that you can set is to charge for your time and go, yes, I would love to help you with these questions. Out of respect for my time and yours, I do offer a consultation it's an hour and it's 90 pounds. Okay. Like we can all start there. 
And who knows, you might find that you love doing that. That's what happened for me. And that's kind of what led to, over the course of a year, a pivot into helping other service providers learn to sell their services. Uh, It all started by setting a boundary with this paid hour of time. I love that. I love that for so many reasons, because it's like boundaries, especially for people socialized as women, boundaries are like a dangerous thing. It's like that is just like playing with fire. Like why, you know, it feels so risky to us. But in your story, I can hear that setting that boundary actually was liberating because it led to more, like it opened the door to more of your journey and what you're doing now. Yeah, absolutely. And people can say no, people can say no, and they will. Okay. And there might be, there might be someone who completely misconstrues your intention by setting a boundary around their time. And let me tell you, like, you will still be safe if someone misunderstands that about you. Do you know why that feels so good to hear you say it? Because I remember when we were coaching together, one of the things that I had that came up for me is what is like, I don't want to, I think, I think it was this fear that I don't want to let people down. And I remember you said it to me, you said, is it okay for people to be wrong about you? Like, is it okay for you to put yourself out there to try and make a mess and to pe- for people to like misunderstand your intentions? And that was just like such a brainwave for me. I was like, oh my God, can I give people the permission to think their own thoughts and to have my own thoughts? Is that like, okay, such a game changing way to think. Oh, that's just taken me back and put like a little tear in my eye because yeah, like we do, we hold ourselves back so much out of fear of what so-and-so is going to think about me. What are they going to think? And to be honest, Most people are so, can I swear? (laughs) They are so deeply entrenched and concerned in their own shit that it's like a millisecond. Yes, no. Oh, you know, do I want to pay Kyra for a time? Yes, no. And then that's it. You know, they're getting on with their own life. They have their own, you know, fridge that they're thinking about the contents of. They have their own family that they're realizing that they haven't spoken to in too long. They have their own money stuff. They have their own life stuff. They have their own relationship stuff. And I promise you, okay, when you set boundaries, people will not suddenly become consumed with why you set them and what it means and all that. They'll make a decision to either you know, move forward within your boundaries, or they'll step away. And either way, you get to maintain your peace, your space, your time, your energy. Amazing. I love that. Thank you so much, Katie, for coming on the podcast and sharing your magic. It has been wonderful and just the most delicious time to like to speak to you and to have this conversation with you. I have one more question for you. Shoot. (laughs) Let's say that For some reason, you have to start all over again. Maybe like you move to a new country. It's like a desert island. It's that kind of question, by the way. (laughs) And you have to start all over again. Mm -hmm. You're only allowed to take three things with you. It can be like a physical thing, like a a laptop, or it can be like a mindset thing, like a mantra you repeat over to yourself. What are the three things you're going to take with you to build something new? To rebuild. Oh my gosh. Okay, well, I'll be quick, but this is this is relevant. Because I actually like I did experience this, right? I moved to Toronto, I had no contacts, no no introductions, I didn't even know my way around the city, 
and it's really really difficult in Canada to like get a phone set up and like it and it took a really long time so I didn't even have internet access for a while and I was so like so I could only only use my phone at home on the wi-fi for like my first few weeks there because it just took ages to get it set up anyway I felt really lonely and more than I needed to build a business, more than I needed money, more than all of those things, more than anything, I needed connection. I needed some kind of connection. I needed community. And I was pretty skin, to be honest, from the move. And so I ended up downloading this app called, so, you know, I couldn't just go out to coffee shops and like join a nice gym and do all of those things that I would do now to go and meet people, right? And so what I did was I downloaded this app called Buns. Okay. It's like a it's like a trading app. So if you imagine like Facebook Marketplace, but no money changes hands. Yeah. And I just started looking of like, oh, is there anything? Because basically you go meet up with people in the city. It's all local. And then you just swap things. And I was like, oh, this is perfect because I'm going to have to find all these places around the city. I'm going to have to go and navigate it. I'm going to have to find these people. But of course, I just moved. I have one suitcase with me. Didn't have anything to trade either. So what I did was I bought a set of cake tins. This is true. (laughs) I'll send you screenshots how to have done. I bought a set of cake tins. I went to, they have like a bulk barn, it's called, where you just buy ingredients in bulk. And I made cakes for the purposes of trading with people. Oh my God. (laughs) And so I went like all around Toronto with these cakes and yeah and I like filled our apartment with plants that I traded and we got this really cool like industrial shelving unit for like a big birthday cake so in answer to your question very long-winded but I would definitely take a set of cake tins because if you bake people a cake you will build a connection with them regardless of why regardless of your motivation so definitely cake tins (laughs) so 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 much resourceful over here Cake tins. Um, can I can pen and post it be one thing together? Yeah, sure. Pens and post it's because I put everything on post its. I it just works with my brain. I love the way that you can move them around to change your ideas and plan things. I could live without my Google Calendar if I had a pen and post it. So cake tins, pen and post it, and my calculator because you cannot be successful in sales without crunching your numbers. And if I didn't have like a phone or a laptop or Wi-Fi calculator they're solar powered <laughs> I love that like everything you need to get started cake tins that has to be the most original answer I've ever heard I love it love it love it <laughs> thank you again for coming on the show how can people get involved and get in touch with you if they've loved what you've served up oh thank you so much for having me Kyra this has been a blast I kind of don't want it to end so if you have yeah if you have any questions about what we chatted about on today's podcast definitely come and find me on Instagram I'm at it's Katie Prince so K-A-T-Y Prince like princess not like um paper prince (laughs) so at it's Katie Prince Um, if you want to get stuck into the world of selling, okay. And if you want, um, a week of coaching with me and also access to my favorite course that I sell, you can go to katieprince.com forward slash seven days. So number seven days, I did tell you I was a Craig David fan. So I hope you get the reference. Um, And there you can get stuck into my seven days to sales success course. It gives you everything you need to get stuck into putting together a sales strategy in a week. 
win-win, right? I love that. That's so amazing. And just for everyone listening, if you follow her and get involved with Katie's world, like you will consume every single post that you'll be screenshotting all the stories. There's just so much actionable tips and it's like just the beginning. So definitely, definitely do check her out. Thank you so much for listening. Take care, everyone.